0: Hey, Leah, I'm just checking in, girl. I've seen some of your posts lately, and there's been some tough days.
1: Yes, I have had some really tough days. And I think, you know, I'm wired to be a very positive person, <laughs> I'm wired to be optimistic. Um, but I feel like every day is a new challenge. And um, I'm excited about our topic today because I think it's going to help a lot of people.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about how to help children cope with fear and anxiety. And I think that's everywhere, not just in your town or my community, it's in the world right now.
1: All right, well let's let's hop on in. Okay. So Laura Lee, let me tell you what's going on, uh, in our house right now. So, um, the younger two who are four and two obviously have like no clue. Their preschool has been canceled, but we're schooling at home and they're just having fun and dancing to frozen, like nothing's going on. So they're fine. And then I have Lincoln who uh, is seven and we have not had the news on. Like we, to us, that was kind of like, that was important. We didn't have the news on. Um, so he's not seeing any news, but he's definitely overhearing phone conversations. Um, the other day when Cody got back from Costco, you know, he naturally wanted to go to the car and help unload. And I snapped at him. I was like, don't touch anything. We have to sanitize it. Um, and then, you know, the other day I walked in on the kid's plane in Kennedy's room and I said, oh, what are you guys playing? And Lincoln said, oh, we're um, we're trying to escape the coronavirus in California. And <laughs> And so, you know, I've asked him, you know, how are you doing? And he says, fine. I said, do you have any questions? No. Um, But what I am seeing is that he is, he's acting out more than, than what the normal behavior is. Lots of um, backtalk, lots of doing things that I think to get attention. Mm -hmm. So let's dissect this. Like what, what are, what are you seeing happening in other families and children during this time?
0: Well, first, I want to say that the fear that they feel, that we feel, is really normal because God gave us emotions and fear is the one that's supposed to send you to a safe place. It's supposed to move you away from danger. So that's normal. What is a problem sometimes may be defined as anxiety, and that's when we're worrying about the future. What's going to happen to us and I think kids can pick up on that from the adults even if it's not being verbally said or they're not reading it. I mean it's really wise of you to limit their exposure to screens. I don't mean great encouraging fun kid movies I mean the tolls of deaths and the you know the constant talk about um, what's happening in this country or what could happen here, how long this might last so, All of that, you're doing the best you can right now, but we can always learn better as parents how to help our kids not be anxious. Are you seeing any of the sort of the signs? You said that you see the acting out. So are they more teary? Um, Is he sleeping less or more? Um, Do you think they're more clingy? Uh, sometimes it's headaches, stomach aches, kids deal with it. They manifest itself in different ways.
1: Yeah. So I think with him, um, what I'm guessing that it is, is just, I think our attention is not uh, as much as it normally is. And I think that's like, if I could really unpack it, my husband and I both work from home, but our whole business has completely flip-flopped, like how we do things. So we had to learn a whole new way of working, implement new systems. It was very time-consuming And we also homeschool our children, but what we're having to do now is not homeschooling. Like we're, we can't do our co-ops, so we're moving to online stuff. And so it's been a really big shift. And so I feel like we've been doing a lot of multitasking. I mean, even this morning I was working as we were eating breakfast and normally I would be really engaged with my kids, but I feel like I've got, I'm just trying to catch up and try to get things stabilized. And so for me, when I see his behavior, I really think it comes from a place of just needing that attention because he's doing things like he's bullying his younger sisters, like more than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all things to get attention. He, you know, he's been very disrespectful in his attitude where he normally is not, you know, I mean, he's a kid, but he's normally not to that level. You know, as great as a movie is, I I don't connect with them like I do during our read alouds. So I know that that has been something also. And then I think, I mean, I'm going to guess, you tell me, but I think that he's picking up on, you know, the energy that my husband and I are putting out right now because, you know, we, we aren't super scared or super fearful, but there is anxiety about things like my grandparents or, you know, just even a simple task coming home from the store and making sure everything's sanitized.
0: Yeah, the stress, um, kids pick up on that, whether they understand it. Well, usually because they don't understand it, it makes it worse. If they understand it, it can put a name on it and put it in a box a little bit better. But kids thrive on consistency, on predictability, and everything has changed from having school canceled to having their play dates canceled or their little leap team or their gymnastics, all of that has changed, and not understanding why and picking up on the underlying stress that parents are feeling is huge. So I I guess I want to say, start off, remember your three A's. Um, That's just an easy way to remember how to help your kids deal with, with anxiety, and it's acknowledge, accept, and action. So I know you're doing the acknowledge because you talk to your kids well. You talk to Lincoln. You ask questions. So you say he's not really giving you feedback, though.
1: Yeah, like I, I've probably checked in with him like every other day. Like, hey, bud, how are you doing? Do you have any questions? You know, do you have any questions? No, I'm good. I'm not. And I, he said, he says I'm not worried. I know it's going to be fine. It's, I'm good. So very, very short. But his actions are not normal. <laughs>
0: right. Have you done the? scenario thing with them I know it's a little tricky because you don't want to put fears into his mind but sometimes you need to draw them out a little bit and that can be saying you know I would understand totally if you were afraid of how long it's going to be till you see you know nanny and grandpa. I don't necessarily go to the death part of it, <laughs> you know, Right, oh, okay, they're going to die. No, I wouldn't go there, but just saying, you know, maybe longer, they're not going to get to visit like we planned, or we don't get to see your friends. Is that worrying you? Is that frustrating you keep giving them words to explain their emotions, because that can be very empowering for a kid uh, even if you give them words they've never heard before, I would say, you know, is that, are you very frustrated? Maybe they'd heard that word before. Are you um, perturbed? That was the word I uh, that would really blow kids away. They go, what do you mean perturbed? And then I give them all the definition. That means you're frustrated and you're, you're, you're upset that that kid doesn't listen to you or you're upset that you're, that this got changed. You're perturbed you're anxious, you're this. And then they would love having that new identity word. I am perturbed. So giving them the space and the understanding that you accept that they may be scared is really important. Um, And I, again, I've said it before, but I really think that role playing things, I mean, they were playing we want to escape coronavirus in California in the closet. So, if you had the time to go into that place of role play with them and playing with them, and and say, okay, so what do you think we need to do? And show that you're there and you accept it, and that there's a plan, so that they can feel safe.
1: So, let me tell you what happened uh, two days ago, and tell me what what your thoughts are. We'll take this uh, this critique from you, okay. but um one thing that I feel is really important is that I don't hide. I I don't hide my emotions. In other words, like I need my kids to see me at a healthy place, but I also think showing emotion is healthy. So Lincoln had walked into my office and I was just coming off of a 30 minute, I mean, bawling my eyes out breakdown, like, you know, we're just this building up and then you finally have something that just breaks you and you lose it. Mm -hmm. And so obviously he saw that I was crying and when he walked in his face, You know, you could see the concern, and he came over and just started hugging me. And I feel like at that point you have two choices. I could have said, "Lincoln, you know, everything's fine, don't worry." Um, But I chose in that moment to say, "You know, Lincoln, the reason why I'm upset is that you know I'm very I'm nervous about Nanny and Grandpa and their health, and I just you know I'm worrying, and I really need to pray and ask God to give me you know a peace of mind and and comfort and protection for them. And um, you know, I'm just worried if they get the coronavirus that they will get sick, and so that's why. That's why I'm upset. And it was really hard because I didn't want to put fear in him, but I also don't want him to grow up, especially as a man thinking that it's not okay to show emotion. And um, I almost think it's a really good opportunity for us as parents to model healthy ways to process emotions and, and giving permission. I mean, how many people grew up having to be a stuffer, you know, where your dad was like, stop crying. Like knock on her, you know, like just, and I know there's a difference between whining and dragging things out, but like, this was something. So I just took that opportunity to talk to him and let him see. Um, but then I ended it with, you know, it's so good that, that I'm, I'm feeling upset, Lincoln, because this is where I need to lean into God. And I need to remember that his, he has a plan for our life. And so I felt like I could use it as a good opportunity.
0: Yes. Anytime. So sharing your emotion is, really great and it's important like you said it's such a model the important part of that is that you had a positive solution ending um, plan of action because if you just were breaking down and saying I'm so worried about them I'm so worried about them you know if they get sick it'll be it could be really bad for them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: period with no but this is what I'm going to do because kids need to know that there's a plan. again, security is for them. And the plan doesn't mean that we're gonna stay in this house for three months and then we're gonna be okay and everything's gonna be back to normal because that may not happen because we certainly don't know right now. But the plan is we are gonna lean on God. We are gonna stay close as a family. We are going to be there for each other. We're going to pray, we're gonna read. So having a plan, having uh, an action is what will give them security to deal with their emotions, grief, fear, et cetera.
1: I also think too, you know, I love that Mr. Rogers quote that, um, that he said where, you know, when bad things would happen to me as a child, my mom would look at me and say, look for the helpers. And so I know in our family, that's something we're really trying to highlight with the kids. Um, and also just like all the free stuff that's available right now, you know, artists that are doing free art classes and, um, the read alouds from authors. And so, you know, every time we're putting something on, I say to them, you guys, this is, this is one of the helpers right now. This is one of the people that are taking a bad situation and they're doing good with it. And so we get to do that. And we're also modeling that like Lincoln and I are doing a, um, a sourdough masterclass with some friends. And I told him specifically, I said, by doing this Lincoln, we get to be a helper right now. This is how we get to help yeah. because we get to help people learn a new skill and it will be exciting. So I think involving and enrolling your kids and then pointing out the helpers and the good that is happening, highlighting the good.
0: Exactly. That's so great. And with his class, I mean, he's an unusual child in that he's very comfortable on camera <laughs> yes, and can follow a logical plan. But um I got a card this week, which just totally warmed my heart and also cracked me up. It's from a child. He's uh, second grade. And he part of his schooling and a positive to do something to be a helper is his mom has him writing cards to people. And every day they write a card to somebody. He decorated it and it was really cute. The questions, you know, he's like, I love you. I miss you. Um, I hope you're having fun. Are you having fun? Can you have fun? <laughs> um, and the last question, which, you know, is love you, Missy. And then it was like, are you being good? <laughs> so yeah. I, I uh, FaceTimed, I wanted to know, I said, what, what do you mean? Or am I being good? He goes, are you following the rules and keeping safe? Because I don't want you to get sick. And I just loved the fact that he was caring. And I know for him, Um, As sort of like his children's pastor, he was reaching out and saying, thank you for caring and what you've meant to me. But he's also sending them to the police station and the fire department and the nurses um, and his he's being encouraging. And I think that giving kids positive things to do to feed back into the situation will also be empowering for them and keep their mind in the right place.
1: I absolutely love that. I think that that's so awesome, and I also just want to add in into um, let them have like FaceTime play dates with their with their friends because I think a lot of kids are really missing the social aspect. You know, we can't see our best friends right now. So Kennedy and Mila had a probably an hour and a half Barbie play date the other day, and the week before that, they we gave them some old makeup and they had like an hour makeover session, and they had the time of their lives. Like they were having so much fun. So. I think also knowing that kids, you know, they're grieving that interaction to um, homeschooled or not originally they are, they're grieving that social interaction. So giving them opportunities to do that in a creative way, you know, having them actually doing something while they're, right. while they're FaceTiming. I think. Right. Is great. I, mean,
0: I love the, um, the TikToks, the different things, the dance offs that, that I see kids doing with cousins, their friends, their classmates. Um, one of the verses that uh, a counselor brought up to me was for children was Proverbs 18 10 which says the name of the Lord is a fortified tower the righteous run to it and are safe and that whole safety theme looking at God as our tower So we talked about lots of different ways kids could do it and what about a lego or tower building contest who can build the tallest tower you know, without like falling down. Um, who can make the the castle with a parapet on it? Just doing things and then showing them off. Uh, I have my students' assignments uh, this for this quarter. They're having to do projects, and it's really interesting because they can't go out to Michaels or Home Depot and buy the stuff. So I'm like, look around your house. <laughs> you know, be creative. Do what you know. Do what you got. So I have kitchens being raided and garages as kids are building stuff to illustrate their theme, that kind of action is really important. Uh, We can't have them just sitting around.
1: I think for older kids too, something really uh, like a powerful exercise that I would suggest is, you know, at dinner one night, have you and your spouse talk about the times in your life that God has come through for you. Um, one of my friends, I love this idea. they have a jar on their their fireplace mantle, and every time God does something for their family, they write it on a rock, and then whenever their faith is wavering, they pull out their jar of rocks and they read off all the times that God has stepped in and shown up to remind them. And you know, I remember a couple months ago I was stressed about something, and Cody said to me, he said, "Leah, name one time that God is not." seen us through or that God has not been there for us. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. And so, um, when I see my anxiety or fear lift in this, I, I remind myself like, okay, God, God's got this and he's seen me through every other time. And so it will be okay. And I think also just for our own sanity, just knowing that this isn't forever, this isn't forever. And so I'm choosing to also look for the gifts in this. Um, I'm learning a lot of new things and I'm Building new skills. And so, pointing that out to your kids could be really powerful too. Like, how are we going to use this time? We can use this time to watch Netflix all day. Um, and I don't want to shame anyone because there's going to be days where you're going to need to watch Netflix all day. <laughs> but I think for the over, overall, you know, what could we use this time for is important.
0: Yeah, it is. The skills, the bonding. Um, I'm sure you've seen a quote, it's everywhere right now, something about when we get back to normal, let's be mindful of what we want normal to be. Because Mm -hmm. this is a real, could be a real filtering time for us about what we do in our everyday lives, our days, our weeks, our months, and say, what of this did we realize was a distraction from God, was a distraction from our family? What do we not wanna put back in if we don't have to? Or what is a better substitution?
1: Exactly. I love that. So let's talk about um, scheduling because I, <laughs> I am normally a very scheduled person and I thrive on a schedule, but I feel like with the day-to-day changes, especially recently, like in the last week and by the time we put this podcast online, I mean, who knows what's been changed by then in the next couple of days. But um, what does that look like? Because I feel very out of schedule. <clears throat>
0: Well, when you fill out a schedule, it sounds almost ironic, but you need to make yourself a schedule. (laughs) So you need to have those times when you plan with your husband or you sit down with your whole family. You need to make that invoiable. It has to happen. It is going to be a need. So whether it's maybe it used to be plan your family stuff once a week, Sunday night, you'd go over what's going to happen. But now it may have to be more often. It may have to be every morning at breakfast. It may have to be every afternoon after your quiet time, but you really need to have a plan with the understanding. And this is that hard thing for those of us who really like schedule and like plans and organization that life is changing so fast that it could change any moment. But I think that being aware this is a wonderful time when we're sort of on our own schedule and not so much the world schedule. For a lot of people, they're not having to get up and be on the freeway at a certain time. Their kids are not having to be with their backpack out the door at a certain time. So we can look more at what our kids and our own internal clocks are. Where is our power zone? Where are we most productive? Where do we feel like our brain is the most alive and the most engaged and really use that right now. And then the times that we need to watch Netflix or ride our bike or whatever is in those times where that helps regenerate us. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And what I'm about to say, I need to give clarity that I'm absolutely saying this to myself, (laughs) but I realized this last week I've been extra short with my family, um, just because it's been a lot on my brain and my brain is not stopping. And I just, I have had moments of feeling very overwhelmed. Um, and so I realized that one of the things that I have neglected is my exercise, my sleep, um, and time to myself. And so I made the decision that today I'm going to get through the weekend and get things kind of organized because my house, all these people have a cleaner house right now. I'm not understanding <laughs> my house looks like a war zone and people are like my house has never been so clean. That is not me. Um, so I need to get caught up like on some laundry and stuff, but I made the decision today that on Monday I was going to go back to doing my miracle morning. Have you heard of the miracle morning before?
0: Yeah.
1: It's awesome. Um, how El- Elrod has it? You can see his Ted talk. We can link it in the show notes. But it's basically a, a morning ritual and it has to do with, um, he calls it, um, the savers. And so it's scribing, which is journaling every morning. So it's going to be like a gratitude journal. Um, and then your affirmations, just speaking positivity, you know, over your life. Like today I will be patient. I will listen. I will, you know, enjoy the moment. Um, and then there's the exercise moving your body for at least 30 minutes, um, and so he has this whole list of things, and it's basically a morning routine. And a lot of people started at 5 a.m. I am not one of those people. I will start it at 6 a.m. But <laughs> I was getting up when the kids were getting up because I've been so just emotionally exhausted. Right. And um and and then I was my workout was not getting done. Like I would say, oh, I'll do it during nap time. But by the time nap time came around, I I just didn't have it in me. So I'm going to get back into that because I know that if I'm exercising, it's going to be moving the endorphins. And I also want to be very clear too that um right now, even if you are someone who's not really stressed or not fearful, um, we all are on some sort of grieving cycle. And so if you are feeling tired right now, it's a combination of things. Like I know for us in Texas, the weather is changing, so allergies occur, so that's contributing to it. But also the amount that our brain is having to process right now, is exhausting. So if you're feeling tired, that is, that's normal. That's normal. Um, but this is where I think prioritizing yourself, it's that whole concept that, you know, put your mask on first before you put everyone else's mask on. My kids cannot thrive unless their mom is doing okay. And so I have to prioritize that. So for me, I know it's journaling, reading my Bible in the morning, exercising, um, and having that routine.
0: Yeah. I am not... I am, because I'm doing online schooling with my students, I didn't realize before how much I move in a classroom and I move out walking, you know, seeing them at lunch or going here, going there, sitting on my butt at a desk and doing Zoom classes. I am so stiff and so non-happy. It's very, it's really true. So I've been walking the school track uh, to try to get myself loosened up and to feel good. I was feeling like such a blob. I just, I kept using that word. I'm a blob. I'm sitting in my desk talking to the kids and that's the joyful times of my life is talking to them, but it's not the same. And I, the sleep thing is huge. That is my number one thing right now to encourage people not to be flexible with. You can be flexible with your kids about when they're doing When they're reading or when they're outside, again, going with their power zones, but you can't be flexible about sleep. Bedtime, the amount of time that they rest, the amount of time you rest, it has got to be sacred, just sacred, because our brains and our emotions heal and process all of that when we're sleeping.
1: I absolutely agree.
0: Yeah, if if you don't have it, you wake up. If you haven't had good sleep, if you haven't had enough, you wake up almost in the worst place, or at least in the same place as you went to bed.
1: And speaking of sleep, like regardless of your children's ages, I would encourage you to have a quiet time in your home every day. So for us, that's always been two to four. So from two to 4 p.m., everything shuts down in our house. Um, And Lincoln, you know, he's older, so he doesn't nap, but that's the time where he goes in his room and plays Legos or um, he's reading a book. And it's probably one of the healthiest things that we've done for our family because it just gives everyone the opportunity to just kind of chill out. Um, And I remember someone saying to me, like, oh, that doesn't work for my kids. They need to be entertained. And my question or my combat to that was, you know, you're not going to be there when they're 19 years old to entertain them. (laughs) Like you've got to start thinking about the adults that you're raising and our kids need to know how to be independent. And so um, I would also encourage you, I know it's super easy to just kind of stick them in front of an iPad. Um, and there's going to be days where that's necessary. So I'm not going to mom shame anyone for that because I would be a liar if I didn't say there's days where we are watching frozen two on repeat. Um, (laughs) but I also think it's really healthy for you to say, you know, we have a closet full of games or we have arts and crafts, go dive in and do something and get creative. Um, But let's talk about screen time a little bit because they are a lot of them already on Zoom right now for a few hours. So that's adding to the normal screen time that they would already have. So what's your opinion about the consumption right now? Consumption of video games, like all the things.
0: Well, I think it's, it's an individual thing. I think that you have to know your kid and know what they need, but realistically all kids need active time. All kids need Um, to move. They also need, I love what you just said about giving them private time, quiet time, because if kids don't have time that they aren't entertained or pushed to have their mind active, they're never going to have the time where their mind just roams free. And that's where creativity happens. That's where questions come up. If they're so scheduled, that won't work. So I totally totally validate and encourage you to keep your your quiet time and yes the little ones still need naps for our sanity Um, (laughs) so screen time if they're doing online school you need to look at percentage per day because the amount of time that they sit and look at a screen needs to come out with their age so there's there's a lot of different statistics but realistically if your child is seven years old how many hours a week do you usually spend in school 40 hours it's about 40 hours so screen time okay if you think of that 40 hours it's active it's recess it's classroom it hopefully it's doing different things so my rule of thumb should be that half, no more than half of that, of that many hours ever should be static at home. So that whether that's watching movies or online. So that would be 20 hours a week. So multiply that out per day, that's about three hours a day. To me, three hours a day is should be max for screen time.
1: And you're including like watching movies in that too.
0: Um, and that's where it gets, there's just the gray area. Is it alone and it's a movie that's just, um, there's a difference between a movie that's a distraction or Mm -hmm. even a reassurance because it's a movie they've seen 12 times, 50 times.
1: Right, or if you're like doing it as a family.
0: If you're doing it as a family and it's interactive and um, one of the best things, okay, this sounds really sort of (laughs) ironic, but one of the best things for Dave and I about online church is that we can pause it and then comment to each other. And that's, we were, we've been laughing because you can't do that in church. You know, if you whisper to each other, you know, you'll get the look that you're distracting or you're not, um, and we don't want to miss the next thing that's being said, but now we can pause and say, well, what did you think about that? Is that, you know, and and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a movie or a TV show, et cetera. If you can talk about it as a family connect to the issues, ask what they think. Has that ever happened to you? Is this real? Would somebody ever really do that? Or think that that's different because that's family interaction. That is not static screen time.
1: I read this awesome thing that someone put out there. I'm going to butcher it, but it basically was like, um, you know, parents in 2020, it was all stress. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm messing up my kids. I'm And then the next one was, um, you know, kid people or adults who were kids during COVID-19. And it said, <laughs> I remember, and it said, I remember all the moments and memories that my parents made magical for us in the family time that we had playing board games and watching movies together. And so, another thing I would encourage everyone listening to is how can you take normal things and make them magical? So, a couple of weeks ago, we just needed something like that for our family. It was right when everything was hitting, and um, so we rented a movie that's in theaters on on the TV, and I had the kids go out for thirty minutes, and I basically took all my husband's like clamps for his like tools and stuff, and I transformed our. Um, living room into a big tent with sheets, and I got I got out Christmas lights, <laughs> and I put every single pillow imaginable under the tent. And the kids walked in, and their eyes lit up, and I wanted to cry because we just needed something happy, and it was so happy. And they keep talking about it to this day. So, I would also encourage you, like if you're not a creative person, ask your creative friends. Um, when the weather gets better, we're gonna we're gonna actually create a drive-in at our house. So we're gonna take like yeah. a big beat with a projector and then drive our car up to it and watch a drive-in movie. So we're just trying to create really fun moments like that um, because I do want my kids to remember those things. I don't want them to remember me falling apart a lot, even though that's my reality sometimes.
0: But how you dealt with it is, again, the most important thing. And and yes, I've seen some of the encouragement um, reading and posts that, the kids are going to remember less about uh, the f- the fear or the what happened in the community or the world they are going to remember that you guys had breakfast for dinner or you may you know you grilled uh, or I guess roasted hot dogs in the fireplace because you they didn't get to go on their fifth grade camp out or they didn't get to go out with this finding ways to do it I love um, a friend of mine took uh, those plastic barrels. Her husband works for something where they have all these plastic barrels. So he had his whole back of his truck filled with plastic barrels. So they connected him with duct tape and made this huge tunnel through their house. And so to get from one place to the other, you have to crawl through the tunnel. And I I wouldn't have thought of that because I'm not a crawl through tunnel people person, but for the kids the obstacle courses that have been made, um, the things that, yeah, dad isn't usually home during the day to eat lunch. And so dad's cooking lunch and his lunch may be very different than what mom would make for lunch, but that's a family memory. Like you said, it's a, you can
1: even like create a camp out in your backyard, like pull out your tent and have a camp out. Like there's so many opportunities. And again, if you're not a creative person, watch what your creative friends are doing. Um, Because I do, I think that's important to create those magical moments. And then I also just want to interject in here too, you know, there's a lot of stuff online about, you know, how we use this time. We, you know, start a side hustle or better yourself or, um, and I also want you to know too, like, it's okay to be going through a cycle of grief right now. It's okay if you're not doing those things or you're not there yet. I just don't want anyone to feel shame or feeling guilty because I think everyone is processing this at different rates. I'm noticing a lot of my younger friends are having a really hard time with this. And I realize it's because this is is basically their first life crisis they've ever had. Where when you have someone who's older, um, who's been through maybe the Great Depression or 9-11, uh, it's still a big deal, but I, I almost see them processing it a little bit better just because this isn't their first rodeo. Um, so I think we have to be respectful of that too. And just, you know, acknowledge that, that that is okay and don't feel less than, or that you're not navigating this as well as you could. I think that the one thing is you just have to keep moving. Like if you acknowledge that you're in a funk, you can't, you can't keep yourself there. Like you're there, but let's also do things to get you out of that funk.
0: Yeah. you you Tell yourself, okay, I've got five minutes, or I've got five hours, or the worst case, me, I've got five days that I am going to be sad, and I'm going to grieve that I can't see my grandchildren, or I'm going to grieve that I can't go on this trip with my husband, or I grieve that I may, I'm not working right now. And then you say, and when that sad grieving time, you set yourself a goal is over, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to move on. Um, And talking to other people, keeping connected, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever it is, is really, really important because we aren't made to do life alone. Some of us are more extroverts than introverts. That's not the issue. But total isolation is not good for anybody.
1: And this is where, too, you can get really creative. Like You could have them FaceTime grandma and make cookies together. You know, and that also gives you, gosh, I didn't even think about that, but that gives you like an hour. (laughs) That's like a built-in (laughs) babysitter. But um, you know, have them bake cookies with grandma over over Zoom or um, you know, have grandpa call in and read them a story. You know, that there's just there's so many opportunities to really get creative. Um the other night we zoomed my grandparents in and we had dinner with them. (laughs) So you can do things like that too. So Laurel, let me ask you this because I know that some kids are flying through this, like nothing is going on. And then there's others that are, are really not doing okay. And they're, you know, they're, they're anxious, they're worried. Um, So at what point would I need to seek professional help for my child's anxiety if I'm seeing this and what would be some of the warning signs I would need to really look for?
0: Uh, This is an interesting time to, to have to look at the scale because the norms are different. So You might be harder to tell if your child is not in their norm. But the general rule is when anxiety or fear or stress keeps you from living life the way you really want to. So if you see a child who has this real drive and desire to be a dancer, to be a baseball player, and yet their fear of either Going to the place, the judgment they might have, failure keeps them from doing it. If it is an impairment, if it changes their life, if anxiety changes their life, then you may want to look at it. Um, if you see sleep that is night after night that they can't sleep, if they're having separ- huge separation anxieties, and Okay, we're thinking, well, we're not separating here at home, we're all together, but some kids actually will panic if their parent has to go to the store, if there's any separation, if they're even even in another room or out of their sight. So if you notice that, that's a a warning sign. Um, Do you see any of that in kids that you know, or have you seen any signs of that with Lincoln?
1: No, other than his uh, behavior, I mean, I would say Kennedy, you know, now that I think about it, she, you know, the other day, Cody ran to Costco and she really did not want him to go. Um, but at the same time, my logical brain goes, she's four. Does she really understand? <laughs> but she also probably, I mean, heard me say, you know, make sure to sanitize, make sure to have gloves on. Um, so
0: yeah. yeah can, and, and the key thing is that it happens over and over again one instance of separation anxiety, one instance of, no, I, I I can't do that. I'm not good enough, or I don't want to, they really want to, but then they, they get scared and won't try. If that happens over and over again, then you might want to talk to a professional. I, counseling is still happening. It's just happening online. And uh, we know lots, we know several therapists. It's it still is working um, because people still need that somebody to bounce things off of or to give them insight. So I guess the, the main thing is, if you see a repeated red flag over and over again, then it might be time to take action. But all of our kids, as we are, are going to be going through a little bit of anxious stages right now.
1: All right. Well. This was very helpful today, and I feel like my toolbox is a little bit more full. We're going to do a bonus episode on um, basically schooling right now, especially those of you that are working from home. Um, I had a friend say, I don't know how you homeschool yet. And I said, let's be clear. This is not homeschooling. This is crisis schooling. So we're going to do an episode on that to help you kind of navigate that, give you some new thoughts But thank you for joining us, Lorely. Thank you for helping me today. I feel like I've got a lot of things I can take from this and apply.
0: Well, you're a great mom and you and Cody together. you just keep trying.
1: That's what we'll do. All right, you guys. See you next time. Bye.